Hey, well, thank you so much again for joining us today. Uh, like I said earlier, my name is Pastor Trevor and my wife, Lindsay, and I lead Radical Church. We just celebrated two years as a church uh, a couple weeks ago. Come on, you can give God praise for that. And it's just been amazing to see all that God has done. I'm excited to have all of you here. If it's your first time or if you've been since the very beginning, just wanna say thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're starting a new series. We just wrapped up our series, walking chapter by chapter through the book of Nehemiah. How many of you enjoyed our Nehemiah series? I'm kind of sad it's done, honestly. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I think we learned a lot. I certainly did. And we're starting a new series on relationships though called Red Flags. All right, Red Flags. And I thought, you know, if we're gonna start a series called Red Flags, we're gonna talk about relationships. Uh, I feel like it might be kind of fun to go through a few red flags tweets. This was a trend about a year ago in 2021 and everyone that was anyone was posting red flag tweets. And so I just wanna go through a couple of those with you here. I can't see them here. I'm gonna come around here. So, okay, go ahead, put up the first one here. Let's see what we got. Uh, I like pineapple on my pizza red flags. Okay, just a big red flag. How many like pineapple on your pizza? Okay, if you're with somebody that likes pineapple on their pizza, reconsider that relationship. All right, go to the next one. Here we go. Me and my ex are still friends? Absolutely not. Red flag, get away from that person. No, no, no. If you're dating uh, and that's something that you hear, please get out of that person's life, okay? Uh, they're not good enough for you. Here we go. Uh, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. From the NYPD, I thought that was pretty good. Red flag, hang up the phone as soon as you hear that. So uh, we'll be doing a few more of those every single week just to illustrate the, it was a trend for a while, but man, it's, it's such an important topic of looking and recognizing red flags in our relationships, not just our romantic relationships, but also even our friendships as well. Red flags at work, red flags in a lot of different areas of our lives. There'll be a focus on our romantic relationships. But let me tell you, uh, this is for everybody. So a red flag is basically a symbol of saying, hey, there is some danger ahead. In the dictionary, if you look it up, red flag, it says it's a warning signal or sign, something that indicates or draws attention to a problem, danger, or irregularity, all right? A red flag is, should be anyway, a signal to you to slow down, to watch out, look out for what is coming ahead. In NASCAR, if they wave a red flag, what does that mean for those NASCAR people out there? Hey, listen, you gotta be careful. There is danger ahead. On the beach, if they have one red flag, it means, hey, you gotta be careful of the tide. If there's two red flags, that means the beach is closed. Get out of there, okay? Uh, because it is not safe to be out there in that moment for whatever reason. Red flags signal danger. Now, I wanna say this for a moment. Uh, I think it's very important because you start a relationship series and the people that are married in the room and they're like, we are happily married and we've been married for 30 or 40 years. And it's like, everything is going great. It's like, okay, that's wonderful and all. But listen, this series is for you too, all right? If you are single, this is for you. You know, let me, let me hear from my single people real quick. We got single people in the room. Let me hear you guys. Come on now, where's the single people at? Oh, you don't be nervous now, raise your hand. Yeah, there you go, there you go. All right, you gotta, all right, take a scope and see who's out there, all right? And y'all holler at them after service, okay? Not right now, we're focused on the Lord, okay? Anyway, where's my married people at? Come on, let me hear you. You did it, you made it. 
good for you. All right, listen, there's, there's all kinds of people out there. Listen, if you're single, married, divorced, widowed, it's complicated, all right? No matter who you are, I guarantee you this series, uh, you're gonna be able to get something out of it. So please come every week. We're gonna be talking to all of those different groups. Um, so when you're considering a romantic relationship, we often ignore the glaring obvious red flags, right? We do. We ignore the red flags for many different reasons. And we'll talk about some of those reasons throughout this series, but uh, someone who really should have seen the red flags in uh, a relationship, in all of his relationships, was the Old Testament judge, Samson. Somebody say Samson in the house of God. Samson. Uh, He definitely should have seen him. And he was a judge in the Old Testament over the Israelites. Judges were people that were chosen by God to lead the Israelites. This is after Joshua's death. So you have Moses, right? Trying to get to the promised land out of Egypt. Then you have Joshua getting into the promised land. Okay, Moses never actually made it in. And then Joshua dies. And then now there's this series of judges. You can look it up, the whole book of judges in the Old Testament. And uh, these were people chosen by God to lead the Israelites after entering the promised land. And Samson was actually the last one of these. You can find it uh, in, in chapters 14 through 16. You see Samson was mighty and powerful. This dude was a hunk, all right? He was like the Chris Hemsworth of the judges, okay? The guy was jacked. He was very strong. He was very powerful. And he was every man's nightmare and every lady's dream, okay? Like, I mean, that's basically who he was. He was an absolute hunk. The ladies loved him. He loved the ladies, all right? Uh, And he was a Nazarite, which that's how he got all of his strength. The Lord blessed him with a supernatural strength. He took this Nazarite vow, which has a bunch of different things about it. But I'll basically just, for the sake of this story, it means that he was not able to cut his hair. A razor had never touched his head. But even though Samson was chosen by God and he was leading the Israelites in this time as a judge, he still had some problems. How many of you know leaders still got some problems, okay? We are not perfect. Samson had many problems and he often fell into uh, the sins of arrogance. He fell into the sin of lust and violence very, very often. And you'll see that throughout his life. And his poor relationship decisions actually ended up with him uh, physically dying and he had a massive spiritual failure as well. Relationships are important, right? Uh, We have so many relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships, it's what we build our lives off of, the people that we surround ourselves with. And, And so who you choose to surround yourself with on a regular basis is really gonna determine who you are. You've probably heard this before. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? And even more so, show me your spouse and I'll show you your future, right? And uh, so here's the deal. Why do we not see some of these glaring, obvious red flags in people when we're about to get into a relationship with them, whether it's a friendship or whether it's romantic? Why do we not see the red flag? So the title today of our message, kicking off this series is Recognizing Red Flags. Somebody say red flags. Uh, Point number one, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do that uh, throughout this whole series, I think you're gonna find some of this to be really helpful for you as we go through the word together. Uh, Point number one is we don't listen to trusted advisors. Why do you not see red flags in somebody? It's because you don't listen to everybody around you that says there's a red flag. 
People will tell you all, all the time, hey, listen, I don't know about this person. I don't know about that. And you're like, no, 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 you don't even know what you're talking about. Listen, Judges 14, one through three, we see Samson is not listening to his trusted advisors and people in his life. It says this, Samson went down to Timnah and at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. So the Israelites and the Philistines were always at odds with each other. They served different gods. The Philistines had all these other gods that were not the true God that, that the Israelites served, which we know to be the one true God, right? And, and they served all these other false gods. They made idols and all kinds of weird stuff that they were into. And, and so they were supposed to remain separate. And so his mom and dad, it says right after that, they responded and said, do you really wanna marry this girl? that isn't from our people that like, why wouldn't you choose somebody that's one of God's daughters and you're gonna go out and choose a Philistine girl? Like that doesn't even make any sense. Mom and dad were not in approval. They did not like this at all. And one of the biggest red flags in a relationship is, you might already know where I'm going with this, don't we all, is when none of your family and friends like the person. All right, come on, you know what I'm talking about. If none of your family and friends are getting along with this individual that you are trying to be in a relationship with, that's a red flag. Come on, wave that red flag, uh-uh. You might've just met this guy or girl and you think that they are the bee's knees. You think they're the cream of the crop. You think that they are the French fries at the bottom of the bag. You just made a beautiful discovery, okay? Do you think so? But really at the end of the day, uh, you bring them home to meet your family and friends, and they don't see it the same way. Mm -mm, mm -mm, they don't. They see some old, cold, and moldy French fries that should have been thrown out with the bag a long time ago. That's what they see. You think that she's pretty, but your friends say, take that R out of it because she is petty. She's mean. She ain't cool. We don't like her. You think he's funny and popular, right? He's so funny. Oh my gosh, he just makes me laugh. Like, I just love it. He's hilarious. Have you seen, like, he's just so funny, right, mom? He can't do his own laundry and he plays video games for five hours a day. Come on, like, no, like there's a red flag. We need to think about this for a second. We are both divorced, you know, and she's been through a lot. Now we have this beautiful love story. No, Jim, she's been divorced three times, takes no responsibility for it. And you're about to be number four, my friend. Like, just be honest. There's some red flags that you see. And when you're dating somebody new and you're in this infatuation phase, which is something we all go through, we call it the honeymoon phase, right? You can miss a lot about a person. It's just how it is. Your friends and family, think of them as your personal canine bomb sniffing unit to find red flags for you, okay? This is an important thing. Uh, I, there's this TV show that you might've seen, you might've not, but it's called Everybody Loves Raymond. You ever seen that TV show? Come on, early 2000s, amazing show. Everybody Loves Raymond. I think it's hilarious. Uh, and in one of these episodes, it's Ray Romano playing the character of Ray. He tells his brother, Robert, uh, about a red flag. So Robert falls in love with this woman and he thinks that she is perfect. It's seemingly amazing. Everything is going well. So he decides to bring her home for dinner, right? With the whole family. You know, they kind of all live near each other. And so he brings her over. Their family's a big deal, you know? So brings her over for dinner. Everything seems to be going great. But then what ends up happening is Ray sees that she kills a fly and then eats it and then tries to hide like it didn't happen. And so after dinner, Ray says, hey, Robert, uh, she ate a fly. 
And he's like, what are you talking about? No, absolutely not. He's like, she ate a fly. And he tries to tell him, he tries to explain, I see a red flag. Um, this is a little weird, okay? Like maybe you should consider this girl again. And he says, no, 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 you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. So eventually the episode goes on. He ends up going to her house later. And then he finds an entire room filled with frogs. And then she says, you know, Robert, we all come from frogs. And then it shows him running out of the apartment, right? He's like, I am out of here. This lady is crazy. You know how he would have avoided that real easily? If he would have listened to Ray Romano. Come on, if he would have listened to that guy, he was his friend, he was his family, okay? And he's identifying a red flag, but he didn't listen to him. But here's the deal. You can't just trust anybody's opinion. Because how many of you know, sometimes maybe your mom or your dad, uh, maybe they didn't like your now spouse at first, but then over time they realized, oh wow, like we were really, really wrong about this person and they apologize or whatever it might be. Or maybe they just aren't having the same mindset that somebody that is a trusted advisor needs to have. Listen, don't trust anyone's opinion, only those who have proven their love for you, have your best interests at heart, and over the long term have proven that they love God have healthy relationships themselves and also have a good head on their shoulders, amen? You can't just let anybody's opinion matter. You only need to listen to the people that are your trusted advisors that love you, that love God, have your best interests at heart and really are taking everything into consideration. Here's the deal, we have a few verses for you. Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Young people that are here today, listen to advice. Kids that are in the room here today, listen to your parents, listen to them. I see you looking over here, listen, mm -hmm, that's right, listen to them. Because most of the time, we don't see things. How many of you know that you thought that you knew everything when you were 10, 12, 11, 15, 18, 22, you still thought that you knew everything and your parents were like, mm, you ain't there yet, okay, right? Like you ain't there yet. You thought you knew everything and you didn't listen to your parents and usually it doesn't go as well if you would have just listened to mama. Mama knows best, right? Just listen to her sometimes. All the moms say amen in the house of God. Come on. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. What is a red flag warning you of? Danger. In abundance of counselors, there is what? Safety. If you want to avoid red flags, have an abundance of counselors and you will find safety, amen? So hopefully you have people in your life that are wise around you, people that have your best interests in mind. And when you choose to do what's right in your own eyes, nine times out of 10, you're going to be let down. And that one time out of 10 that it works out, you'll use that forever as an excuse to do it. You know what I'm talking about. Like, well, you said it wouldn't work, but listen, this time it did. Nine times out of 10, it's not a good idea. Uh, listen to people that are wise and love God and love you that are around you that have been through maybe what you're going through right now. But what do we do? We usually do it anyway. We ignore the caution from others and we push down the internal check from the Holy Spirit. You might've felt it even within you. There's a check in your heart about this person, about this friendship, about this partner that you might've thought about getting with and you have this check and you ignore it. And you know what? You tell your family and friends that are trying to advise you in that situation. You say, you know what? You guys just don't understand. 
you guys just don't get it. You, you don't really know them like I know them, right? You don't know, you don't see the things that I see. Like, like you've seen this, but like, you know, like y'all didn't get off on a good foot. And then so like, I actually know their heart. They're really, really nice and they're really, really good. And yet you have 10 people around you saying like, oh, I don't know about that. Red flag, red flag, let's wave it. And we let our flesh lead the way. Because what did that verse just say? It said, Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You think that you know what's best, but when you don't listen to counselors and when you don't listen to people that love you, man, you might end up looking like a fool, okay? Number two uh, is we are led by our flesh. Why do we not see red flags in relationships is because we are being led by our flesh. Judges 16, one, one day Samson, uh, so this, he had gone through his life, okay, he wanted to marry this girl, and he goes through this stuff, and then, and then you see this verse, it just pops out the first verse in Judges 16. One day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Great job, Samson. Really leading the Israelites well there, buddy. All right. Uh, Samson obviously struggled with lust. He struggled with his romantic relationships. He struggled uh, with all these things that eventually led to him being blinded from another woman's plot against him to kill him. And we're gonna go ahead and read that right now in Judges 16, four through six. After this, he loved a woman in the Valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Somebody say Delilah. Delilah. Come on, if you've been around for a while, you know that, all right. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, seduce him, see where his great strength lies. By what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. That's a lot, a lot of money, okay? So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. You know who Delilah is? Delilah is the original gold digger, okay? That's what Delilah is. She don't care about him. She care about the money. She's trying to get the bag, okay? That's all she cares about. She wants the money and she's trying to seduce him in order that he might be killed and that she will take all of the money. So what does Samson do? She asks him this many times. Samson lies to her many times and tells her ways that he could be bound. And every time she gets more frustrated until he finally tells her, the secret to his strength. She tells the Philistines, all, all I gotta do is cut his hair and then you guys can get him. He won't have his strength anymore. So she cuts his hair while he's asleep. And then what ends up happening? The Philistines come, they get him. He doesn't have his strength anymore. And they gouge his eyes out. And eventually uh, he ends up dying in the end of the story with this amazing, he pushes the pillars apart and this whole house comes down and thousands of Philistines are killed. And it's kind of this like, crazy hoorah moment at the end, but he ends up dying because he did not see the red flags in Delilah. But you gotta ask the question. She asked him multiple times and then he lies and says something, oh, like you gotta like pin my hair up and like put a clip in it. And then so she's like, oh, the Philistines are here. You better get up, Samson. And he goes and just like destroys all of them. He says, oh, well, you gotta like put these things around my wrist or whatever. And so like she does that. And then she says, oh, the Philistines are here. You gotta get out of here, Samson. And he pops up, just breaks them off and kills all those guys. And so she says over and over and over and he lies to her over and over and over. And it's like, how did you not see the red flag, Samson? Like how many times 
Did you have to see that she's asking you this question and then the Philistines are there? You don't think that she's setting this thing up, buddy? Come on, like he obviously was not the most intelligent judge of all, okay? How did he not see it? And I can guarantee you it is because he was being led by the flesh because lust and physical intimacy will blind you to red flags and others. Man, she kind of crazy, but she looks good, right? You ever heard of the crazy hot scale, right? You ever heard of that before? All right, be careful. If you know what it is, you know what it is, all right? You can talk to your spouse about that later. So he's kind of a hothead, but look at that beautiful head of hair. Do you see those curls? Oh my goodness, he's just so gorgeous. It's like, no, he's a hothead. He's got problems on the inside and all you're looking is the outside. But how many of you know the word says that God does not look at the outward appearance. What does he look at? He looks at the heart, you gotta look at somebody's heart and identify, are, is this a person that I wanna associate myself with? I'm talking about friendships now. I'm talking about companies that you might be considering to work for. Is this a company that I wanna associate myself with? Is this a working relationship? I wanna get myself involved in with a client or with the business. It doesn't just apply to romantic relationships. This applies in so many different ways. This is a friend that I really wanna invest my life into. Here's the deal. Um, it wasn't the problem that Samson fell in love with the woman. It was that he fell in love with the wrong woman, okay? She did not love God, and that was the mistake, number one. Uh, and for some of you single people here today, uh, especially you college people right here in the front, I'm gonna tell y'all something. Missionary dating, you ever heard that term before? Missionary dating, what does that mean? It means that you're dating somebody that is not a believer in Jesus in order to, to help them become a believer in Jesus one day, right? I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, that does not work. Nine times out, you know how many times, I did college ministry for a long time. You know what ends up happening? Is the person that was going to church eventually stops going to church. The person that had a thriving relationship with Jesus eventually starts compromising on certain things and now doesn't have a thriving relationship with Jesus anymore. I'm telling you, it does not work. And the Bible talks about this right here, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. It is right there, y'all. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? There is nothing wrong with having friends who don't have a relationship with God. But when you link yourself together, especially romantically, with someone who does not share the same value for God, the Bible, or the church, or Christian community, how can you expect to grow in your relationship with God? It is just not going to happen. Uh, if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, let me tell you single people, red flag, wave that red flag because, uh, and let me tell you, I wanna make sure that you understand what I just said right there. I said, if they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, you say, would they go to church, Pastor Trevor? They go to church. That means nothing. That means nothing. You can go to church and still not be changed from the inside out. You can go to church and not have a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you say, well, this person goes to church, listen, to me, that doesn't mean anything. I wanna know that you actually love God and have a relationship with, do you read your Bible? Like, are you in the word? Like when worship is happening during church, are you worshiping or are you just kind of standing there? Cause like, you don't really get what's going on right now. Like, I'm just being honest. It has nothing to do with your church attendance. It has everything to do with your heart's condition and your relationship towards God. Can I get an amen from somebody in the house today? Time and time again in the book of Judges, God warns the Israelites to not intermingle 
and marry the women from other nations. Why? Because God knows our natural tendency is to live by the flesh. My son, Oakland, uh, he's a, a young kid. He's three years old. He's about to be four this week. Real excited. He's gonna have a big Paw Patrol party. It's gonna be great. Um, so we got this juice from him at Chick-fil-A, but he had already had you know, something that morning, some sweet stuff that morning. And so we didn't want him to have sweet, sweet, sweet all day long. And so we said, hey, you can't have that juice. We're gonna put it in the fridge then you can have it tomorrow. You can have it on a different day. And he was crying. He wanted the juice. I want my juice, I want my juice. And you know, it's like hard as a parent to like stand strong in that moment and be like, no, I already said, you know, you can have it tomorrow. You already had a sweet stuff this morning. And so me and Lindsay are just going about the day. We're with Tegan, our four month old, and we're just hanging out and, and it gets eerily quiet in the house. All of you parents already know where I'm going with this. Gets real quiet. Mm, something ain't right here. Okay, what's going on? He is up to something. Sure enough, just a little bit later, Oakland, what are you doing? Oakland, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing, son? Finally, he walks into my office where me and Lindsay were, and he has a juice box just in his hand. He's like, I was just getting juice. Son, we told you not to get the juice. We said you already had some sweet. You can't have the juice. Here's the deal. What's the point I'm trying to make is we are all born with a natural tendency to not follow rules and directions. We are all born with a natural tendency to live by the flesh and to sin. If you don't believe me, let me give you three verses. David writes in Psalm 51.5, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. A lot of times we say, well, people are naturally good. Okay, maybe they might naturally be somewhat morally good, but we are all naturally born sinners and we are in need of a savior. His name is Jesus, come on. And Galatians 5.19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and then it goes on and on and on and lists all these different things. For the sake of this story, those are the two that are very important. And in Romans 8.13, it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So Samson is so blinded by his lust for Delilah that he cannot see the obvious plan that she had to kill him. And Samson died physically because of his inability to live by the spirit. And he made poor relationship decisions on multiple occasions. And he allowed ungodly influences into his life that led to his demise. So you may not die physically here, okay? Like Samson actually died physically because of his bad relationship decisions. You might not die physically, but you know what most of us will do if you put the wrong people in your life? You will die spiritually. You will. Your relationship with God will suffer if you put the wrong people in your life. Let me tell you, your spouse will either be your greatest asset or your greatest liability. Choose wisely. We'll talk about if you feel like you made a mistake and it's too late. Because that's where a lot of people are. Like, oh man, I'm already in it. What do I do now? We'll get there. Number three, we disconnect from God's word. Why do we not see red flags in, in our uh, relationships? It's because we disconnect from God's word. We can go ahead and have uh, someone come up to play some keys for us. Samson was enticed by his desire for Delilah, but he should have never messed with her in the first place. His parents tried to warn him about that other chick earlier, right? 
They said, do you really have to go out and marry somebody that's a Philistine? Like, does that, is that a good thing for you? Because we're Israelites, God's holy people. They are not, they worship other gods. Like, do you not see the problem here? It's actually in uh, the law of Moses. Like you're not actually supposed to do that. Samson knew the law. He knew God's word. And yet he decided just to not follow it. Just decided not to do it. How many times have you ignored your parents' advice? And how many times has that gone well for you? Not so many. How many times have you ignored God's word? How many times has that gone well for you? Probably not that many times, all right? God's ways are higher than our ways. That's what the word of God says. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And when you disconnect from God's word, you are no longer able to think the way that God thinks. You're no longer able to see the way that God sees. You can see people in a different light when you read the word of God for the good and maybe for those red flags and those cautionary things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will put a check in your heart. He'll warn you about maybe the dangers that are ahead. What does the spirit do for us? The spirit of God leads us into truth, into righteousness. And I have this picture all the time of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I feel like he doesn't always show us what's 30 steps ahead, but a lot of times he tells you what's one step ahead. And you just gotta take that step in faith and follow where the spirit is leading you. But so many times we think that we know better. It's like, I'm gonna go ahead and jump to step 10 or step 15 or step 20. And yet the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, listen, I just need you to follow me, okay? Can you stop getting ahead of me and follow me? He'll put that check in your spirit. He'll warn you of red flags in yourself and in others. And when you get in God's word, what are you gonna do? You're gonna gain God's vision. You'll start to see things differently within yourself and others. Listen, the Holy Spirit will warn you of red flags and others, those attitudes and actions that they need to change. You'll be able to see that when you get into God's word, when you connect with God's heart and with his mind and his spirit, you'll be able to see those things in others. You're like, I don't know about that. That's a red flag. You might get into a relationship with somebody and then very quickly, you'll feel uneasy about it. And you'll have that little voice inside your head that's saying, mm, I don't know about this one. Don't ignore that voice. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It might be him trying to get through to you in that moment. But the Holy Spirit will also convict your heart of attitudes and actions that you need to change. And that is the really hard one, right? Just looking, just studying for this message, there were countless articles, countless articles about red flags in relationships that you need to be looking out for red flags that you need to avoid in relationships. And what is it all about? It's all about the other person. Why? Because that's how the world thinks. That's how we think. We're all about trying to change other people and avoid other people and their red flags. And we don't take a second to think, maybe I am the red flag. Maybe I need to look within myself and change something within me. And there's this, um, there's this artist uh, by the name of Taylor Swift. All right. She has an album called Red. It's a great album, but Taylor Swift, in my opinion, is a beautiful and talented walking red flag. Okay. Massive red flag. She's known for writing songs all about how men are awful, 
all the relationships that she's been in. She's been in, that girl's been in so many relationships. She has content for the next 30 years of her songwriting career, okay? That woman could write so many songs about all the relationships that she has been in. Her attitude's always been, they treated me wrong. They did this, they did that. And then she writes a hit song and makes millions of dollars. And, and here's the problem. Eventually, you got to realize it's probably not them, honey, it's you. <laughs> you are the toxic person in the relationship. How do you not see that? And you'll go around blaming everybody else for why your relationships don't work out. Maybe you have been that person that has been married one or two or three times and, and maybe it's, it's difficult and you are blaming everyone else and you're never taking responsibility for the role that you played in the relationship failing. Eventually we have to realize that we have to work on ourselves. Let me talk to the married people in the house for a second, okay? There's a lot of married people in this place today. I know that's our main demographic here. The red flags that are within you are the only ones that you have the control to change. Those are the only ones you can change. And if you want a healthy marriage, you want a healthy relationship, start with yourself, please. Start with yourself. Do not try to change your spouse when you are unwilling to change your own actions. And yes, so many of us do that, right? That's what we do. We, oh man, I get this one all the time. Anytime I have uh, marriage counseling or anything like that, and people come to me and they say, hey, we're having trouble in our marriage. I'm saying, hey, are you praying for your spouse? Nine times out of 10, that person says, yeah, I am praying for them, blah, blah, blah. But how does, what does that prayer look like for you? This is the deal. Um, many of us pray for our spouse so that our life gets better. It has nothing to do with them and them getting better, but everything to do with you not being so awful so that my life will be better, right? Come on, married people, don't lie to me. You know you've done that before. You, you have this uh, prayer and you're in your prayer time. And you're like, Lord, would you just please change them? God, would you just help them, Lord, to be better? Lord, would you just give them a slap from you? I mean, a gentle touch from you, Lord Jesus. Please just help them, God, you know? And you're just praying for them. But really what you're doing is you're praying out of a selfish ambition because your life stinks and they need to change. Don't ever pray for your spouse so that they'll change. Pray for your spouse so that they can change. But really what I would say is pray for yourself so that you could change. Start with you. What did David pray? David did not say, create in them a clean heart, O God. Create in them a renewed spirit. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew my spirit, cleanse my mind. Start with you. And if you're single, let me talk to you guys for a second. Single people that are here in the, in the building. I'm gonna say this, it's kind of hard to follow, but become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. You're so worried about finding that person and yet you're not even working on yourself in your single season. Take that single season and hold on to that thing. Become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Because when that person does come along, you wanna make sure that your relationship with God is strong, that you are ready for a relationship and the red flags that you have identified by the power of the Holy Spirit that were within you, you have already dealt with those things. And now you can be in a thriving, healthy relationship with that individual, with that boy or that girl, or with that friend that you wanna make. So 
How do we see red flags? Three things today. It's listen to those who love you. Come on, listen to those trusted advisors. Number two, you gotta crucify your flesh. Don't live by the flesh, but live by the spirit of God. And number three, we need to live by God's word and connect with the Holy Spirit in that way. Come on, would you stand up in the house of God today? I have a few different things I wanna, I wanna talk to you about, a few different responses that we might have. And I think we really do need to respond. And I wanna be sensitive to the fact that there are couples here in this place that realize like, okay, like we're in trouble and we know it. And like, we're feeling it even right now sitting in this place. I also wanna acknowledge the fact that there's people that have been divorced and there's people that have gone through uh, uh, relational trauma and different things like that. What I wanna say first off to any of you that have been divorced is you will never find shame in this church because of you being divorced. Because that's not from God, that's from Satan, all right? We've all gone through trouble. We've all had hard times. And listen, if you have been divorced in the past, there is hope for you in the future, amen? God can turn that bad thing around for good. You will never find me shaming anybody that's been divorced in this place. And maybe you're going through a hard time in your marriage right now, or maybe you're going through a relationship, you're dating or engaged or whatever it might be, and you're just not sure, you're trying to figure that out. You just don't know yet. And that's okay. I wanna say the first one is, you might say, Pastor Trevor, I'm in a bad relationship that I need to get out of. I was in a very unhealthy relationship in my late teens and early 20s. When I was 21, I finally got out of that relationship. And it was just a very unhealthy place to be. But I had been with this person for a long time. And, and you, you know, when you've been with somebody for a while, it just kind of feels like this is all that I know. And, and, and I don't know what I would do in my life without this person. And yet, you know, it's unhealthy and you know, you need to be out of it but you don't have the boldness to actually make that decision and make that choice for yourself. And so what I wanna pray for you right now, if that's you, you say, hey, I need to get out of this relationship. I need boldness to make the right decision. I need courage from the Holy Spirit to make the decision that's gonna help me in my relationship with God and move me forward in my life. Maybe that's you. Number two, you might say, you know what, Pastor Trevor, you've been talking about red flags and others, and then you started talking about red flags and me. And then, bam, you felt the Holy Spirit check you right there. You're like, oh no. <laughs> I thought we were gonna talk about red flags and other people today. I didn't think I was gonna have to worry about myself. You know, you might, that might be you. You're saying, Pastor Trevor, I'm the one that needs to change. And I need to submit my life to God, crucify my own flesh and put some of these red flags away for good so that when that person comes along or maybe I'm in a relationship right now and I need to fix this thing up and I know I need to start with myself. Hey, maybe that's you in this place today. You need to get right with God and deal with those things. And number three, you might be in an unhealthy marriage right now. That's a hard place to be. The divorce rate in the church is surprisingly similar to the divorce rate outside of the church. And that should not be the case. Why? Because God says, I hate divorce. Literally, word for word in the Bible, I hate divorce. God does not like it, but it happens. 
and it's a tough place to be because you feel like we've fallen out of love or whatever, you feel stuck. Let me just tell you right now, if you will give your life to Jesus and you will give that marriage and that relationship to Jesus, stop trying to figure it out yourself and give it to God. There is hope and his name is Jesus, okay? There is hope in Jesus for your marriage. There is hope in Jesus for your relationship to be saved. I guarantee you, Jesus can restore the love that you once had in your marriage because God is what? Love. God is love. So why are we going to all these other outside sources to try to figure out how to get back into love with this person when if you would just go to the one who literally is love, he'd probably be able to help you learn how to love your spouse a little bit better, right? Go to God. There's hope in Jesus. And we learn to love by looking at our father and how he has loved us. Why? Because it says in the word that God first loved us. Before you ever learn to love God, you have to know that he loved you first. Man. So I'm gonna pray for you in this place. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads and close your eyes. I, I'm not gonna ask anybody to raise their hand or anything because I know I wanna be sensitive to the fact that there's relationships here. It might cause some trouble, okay? Like on the car ride home, you start raising your hand and everything, okay? So listen, I, I just need you to do this within yourself, Okay? If you're any one of those three people, you're saying, hey, I'm in a bad relationship that I need to get out of. Maybe this person doesn't love God or, or it's unhealthy and maybe we've struggled with lust and intimacy and maybe before marriage or anything like that. And you say, hey, I need to get out of this thing. You need that boldness to make that decision. Maybe you're realizing you need to change and, and, and the other person, maybe they do too. But listen, I'm gonna start with myself and I need to do things better. Maybe you're in that unhealthy marriage and you just need to know that there is hope and there is a future for this marriage. And, and you just say, hey God, I just wanna give my life to you. I wanna give this marriage to you. Stop trying to figure it out by myself. I'm gonna go to your word and see how we can work this thing out by the power of your Holy Spirit. If that's you, I just wanna pray for you. Uh, no need to raise your hand, but you know in your heart, right? The Holy Spirit's talked to you about it throughout this message today. Let me pray over each every one of you. Father God, I just ask right now that you would help us to recognize red flags in our relationships. Lord, there are so many times that we just ignore those things. We get into relationships that are not healthy, whether it's romantic, whether it's a friendship, and Lord, they end up terribly. And maybe if we would have just listened to wise counsel, if we would have listened to those people that loved us, maybe if we would have recognized that we're living by the flesh, we're not thinking by the power of your spirit, by the power of your word, by the way that you would want us to live, Lord, we're, thinking, we're trying to do things our own way. We get blinded by looks and outward appearance and these things that don't really matter. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to look internally and say, God, I'm the one that needs to change. Lord, would you change me, create in me a clean heart. Would you help me to identify those red flags in other people and, and keep me safe from relational harm. But Lord, also help me to identify the red flags that are within myself. I know that I need to start with me first. And when I pray for my spouse, when I pray for my future spouse, I'm not praying for them so that my life will be better. I'm praying for them so that their life will be better, so that they will be able to accomplish the mission, destiny, and will that you have for their life, God. And that I can just simply be a part of it while I'm accomplishing the will that you have for my life and the destiny for me. 
God, I know you've called all of us to have healthy relationships. You don't want anyone to get into a relationship, get married and end up having to get divorced. God, we know that you don't want that for us. So God, I pray that you would strengthen marriages right now that need to be strengthened. Lord Jesus, even on the car ride home today, when they get home this evening, they put the kids to bed, they're gonna have a conversation that is healthy, that is good communication, where they're gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna start with me and I'm gonna start praying for you, not so that our life can get better for me, but so that your life can get better. So God, that you would do something in this relationship. I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. We've gone round and round and round. We have the same problems over and over and over again. But God, I'm committing to loving this person like you love the church, Jesus. And maybe there's somebody in here today that says, you know, I need to get right with God. Just in general, I am not serving God. And maybe that's you. I will ask you to respond to this one if you don't mind today. You say, Pastor Trevor, I'm not living my life for God. I'm, I'm far from him. Maybe it's my first time back in church or, or maybe you need to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you've never given your life to him in the first place. If that's you, I just wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, that same Jesus that died on the cross for you and for me so that we could have life. If you wanna give your life to him and make him the king over your life, would you just raise your hand? I just wanna see you in this place today. I see you right over here. Come on, I see you over there. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I see you right here. Come on, I see you in the back. Yes, amen, amen, amen. There's at least four or five people that have raised their hands today. Come on, let me pray with you real fast. Father God, I thank you for these that have made the decision to live for you and not for themselves, to live by the spirit and not by the flesh. Lord, they're making you the king of their life today. They're turning away from sin and towards you. God, would you bless them? Would you help them in their new walk with you, whether they're rededicating or it's for the very first time. God, help them to realize this is the best decision they have ever made in their entire lives. And all of heaven right now is rejoicing because of this decision. Come on, can I get a big hearty amen from somebody today? Put your hands together for four people saying yes to God today. Come on. Hey, that's great stuff. I just want to say thank you for joining us today and, and being a part of week one of red flags in relationships. Uh, I guarantee you, if you want to have healthy relationships, please come back next week. And I cannot wait to see what God does throughout this month of October. Invite somebody, bring somebody. God bless you guys. We'll see you later.